Most religions share a belief that the body and spirit coexist until the body has perished and the spirit moves on into the afterlife. However, there are those that remain. Some stay with a purpose. Some are doomed to relive their own violent deaths. These spirits are one of the oldest aspects associated with Halloween. For generations to come, people will still gather around the campfire to tell the stories of ghosts. Welcome to 13 Degrees of Screams, where we watch and dissect your favorite spooky movies. I'm your host, Alex. And Stephanie. And this is a mostly horror podcast. Each season, we will rank 13 movies on a scariness scale from, you guessed it, 1 to 13. We will uncover the real-life myths and legends that inspire these movies and tell you just how authentic they are. This week, we travel to Paris in Personal Shopper. So, Stephanie, have you seen Personal Shopper before we watched it for the podcast? No, and I feel like I was misled. (gasps) You feel like you were misled? Yeah, I felt like it was more of a spoopy movie than it was really made out to be. Yeah, I've never seen this before, and spoiler alert, on the scariness scale, I put it as 12. (laughs) You had 7. Oh, okay. I feel like that's more appropriate. Yeah. Even 12. I do not agree with that. No. It will not be a 12. No, so definitely not. <laughs> the trailer seemed more thrilling and scary, but I mean, let me first say, I liked it. I did. Mm-hmm. Stephanie? I didn't. <laughs> I did not. No. Um, but I mean, you know, we cover non-scary-ish movies. You know, some movies down the road here aren't even categorized as scary, I don't think. Yeah. So, the fact it wasn't that scary wasn't a big deal. Right. I just, I thought there would be more to it, I guess. Yeah. It definitely left it open to interpretation, really. The ending completely. I, to be honest, I meant to look up, like, an explanation, because I was very confused. (laughs) We'll talk about it when we get to the ending, but I I didn't. So, I was confused. I was generally like, what's going on here? Yeah. What's the happening? Stephanie, tell me. I do know. I don't understand. (laughs) How about you tell us about the movie background while we piece together what's going on with this thing? Let's not. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Personal Shopper is a 2016 supernatural psychological thriller film written and directed by Olivier Essayas? Essayas. A-S-S-A-Y-A-S. Yeah? (laughs) A-S-A-Y-A-S. Yeah, that's their name. Okay, got it. The star... S-S-S. <laughs> S-S-N, S-S out. The film stars Kristen Stewart as a young American woman in Paris who works as a personal shopper for a celebrity and tries to communicate with her deceased twin brother. So it sets up the whole supernatural, like, right off the bat. Right. But... Misleading. Misleading. So this is also another international co-production between Belgium, Czech Republic, France, and Germany. The film was selected to compete for the... I'm not even going to say it. It's some French word. Palme d'Or? Yeah, sure. I'm sure you don't pronounce half those letters. No. At the 2016 Keynes Film Festival, at Keynes, the, the director shared the Best Director Award with Christian something-something, who directed Graduation, which I've never seen Graduation. I don't even know what that I is. haven't either. I heard it's nostalgic for some people. I think it's more of the Gen X generation, though. 
Graduation? Yeah. Oh, I've never... For some reason. I've never heard of it. Are you just making stuff up? Yeah. Oh, okay. Listeners? I I do that. Stephanie can't be trusted. (laughs) She's making stuff up and lying to you. (laughs) The film was released on the 14th of December in 2016 in France and March 10th in 2017 in the United States. It received positive reviews from critics with particular praise for Stewart's performance. Can I say, she was just Kristen Stewart acting like Kristen Stewart. I know. Uh, I've seen her in a lot of stuff. Well, not a lot. Like, a fair amount of stuff since Twilight. And you want to give her the benefit of the doubt for how Twilight was pitched and everything. But then you see her and you're like, was acting like your first choice? Like <laughs> <laughs> She just she does that stuttery thing where she's like... Pushing her hair to the side. No matter what she plays, she always seems so indifferent, like, to her character's wants and needs and everything. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. It always feels like she's phoning it in a little yeah. bit. Yeah. I mean, look, I like Kristen Stewart. I even like Twilight. It's uh, like a yeah, guilty pleasure. Yeah, I do too, but... But I was like, you, she... I don't know. I guess it's I haven't seen... It's always a rough choice, I feel like, to select her for some stuff. <laughs> I, uh, I've only seen a handful of things with her, and every time it's just like Kristen Stewart being Kristen Stewart. I don't know. And I'm sure she's fine in other things. If anyone else has seen anything else she's in, let me know that she's different. But she's just like, she's just, she's Bella. Yeah. Bella Swan in Personal Shopper. Yes. <laughs> so like I said, it received generally positive reviews from critics. So the review aggregator on Rotten Tomatoes reports a certified fresh with a score of 81 based on 273 reviews. Ooh. So people like it. And again, I, I liked it for the most part. Uh, but however, the film was booed at its initial screening at the Keynes Film Festival. Really? Yeah. The director said, it happens every once in a while where people just don't get the ending. And girl, same. same. <laughs> I was like, Diff, what? What the heck? There's so many, I feel like the ending is contradicting, but we'll get there. Like I said, we'll get there in the plot. Yeah. Uh, so the Guardian awarded the film five stars, calling it uncategorizable yet undeniably terrifying are we sure did we see the same movie like i don't know maybe we're just not artsy fartsy enough because it is I, a, like are we trash i think we're just pop culture bitches you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah. like oh no we're trash here's the thing again i i liked i did i did it's just the ending was just it was too open for my taste like i like ambigu no like i like artsy stuff like like midsummer is artsy i love midsummer do you really yes midsummer is one of my favorite horror movies no way yes i feel like i'm in the minority i was not a huge fan really but i feel like that's artsy fartsy and like open to a lot of interpretation and stuff but this isn't not very clear in what they're going for Stephanie Zarechek of Time gave a positive review, writing, Personal Shopper is a strange and beautifully made film, and both star and direction are clearly energized by their dual mission. And I just I just wanted to say some of these because I just, I don't know. It is a beautiful movie. Like, it's filmed, like, everything's well done. Yeah, like, the European aspects are very pretty and stuff to look at. And, like, can I mention, like, a personal fear of mine? Go for it. <laughs> Every time I see anyone drive in a movie, I'm like, they're about to get hit. They're about to get hit. They're about to get hit. <laughs> like, I can't watch anyone drive a car, a moped, or anything in a, in a movie. I the, just assume they're about to meet tragedy. <laughs> that's where the fear comes from. Yeah, our main character drives a little scooter thing the like, whole movie. Recklessly, so, with multiple bags on her shoulders. <laughs> I know. All her, all her shopper bags. Yeah, someone called it sleek and spooky. I mean, there were some spooky moments, I guess. But is it a flirts with silliness as ghost stories do? It is a little silly. Yeah, in like an awkward way, I guess. (laughs) 
Are you ready to dive into the plot of Personal Shopper? I guess so. So, Maureen is a personal shopper to a famous model named Kira in Paris. She hates her job and boss, but won't leave Paris until her dead twin brother, Louis, who recently died of a genetic heart condition, gives her a sign from the afterlife. She spends the night at Louis's house waiting for a signal and briefly sees a spirit. The next morning, she meets with Laura, Louis's girlfriend, and a couple friends of his that want to purchase the house. The wife suggests Hilma Afklimpt to, to Maureen because her paintings were inspired by messages from the spirit world, and Maureen takes interest in her work, inspired to draw what influences her spiritually. She then receives a video call from her boyfriend Gary, a contractor in Muscat Oman. I don't know how that's said. Is that right? Sure. sure. Yes, yes. Another country somewhere. <laughs> yeah, not America or Paris. Yes, So yes. that's all you need to know. And he asks her to visit him, but she refuses because she's still waiting from the sign from Lewis. Yeah. So I don't even remember. What was the spirit? She, she saw a spirit the first night? What yeah. did it look like? It was kind of just like a... It almost looked like someone, like a man was standing behind her, but you could only like kind of see his face. It was just like taller above her. I feel like I missed this. I uh, my complaint about the ghost in the movie is, like, they're very hard to make out. Like, I only realized that the one that she sees later is a female because she mentions that it's a female. Oh, really? I, saw, I thought it was really clear. I'm like, that's a lady. No. And I'm like, that's not Lewis. <laughs> but we'll, we'll talk about it in a minute. I don't I think totally the specters look very clear yeah. for imagery. Which I think, I mean, I think that's fine. But, so, but she almost sees kind of like a wispy kind of mm-hmm. face. Floating kind of sort of in the background behind her. Interesting. I, I totally missed that. But she does say she's a medium. But I'm like, are you sure? <laughs> I feel like you want to be a medium. I don't think she claims she's a medium. It's her brother that was a medium. And she says no, she that... she says she's a medium. Really? Yeah, but she's later in okay. a little bit, not off the bat. But okay. she, said she totally calls herself a medium. Oh, okay. I'm like, girl. I feel like she always like referred to her brother as a medium. And she was just kind of like trying her best. <laughs> She's tagged along. She's yeah, like, she's just assuming the twin game will help her. With yeah. The... I mean, I don't blame her. I would, too. <laughs> I feel but, like my brother's a medium. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because that's why, because they made a pact. If one of them dies, they'll send a message to the other. So she has to think she's a medium in order to see this message. I guess so. So she's been there for a couple months waiting. I feel like if she saw that ghost at the beginning, I'm like, that's good enough. Yeah. That's fine. I mentioned that later in the notes, that she she seems to not... Think certain signs are good enough? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, because there are a couple. I don't remember where in the movie they do, but, like... I'll get it in the plots. Don't yeah. worry. You know, Stephanie's got this guy. She's going to take it away. <laughs> the next day at Kira's apartment, Maureen meets Ingo, a magazine editor and Kira's lover. They discuss her heart condition that mirrors her twins, although Maureen's doctor concludes that Lewis's death was unexpected. Like, she's not supposed to be dying of this as well. Mm. Are you sure? But I, I feel like they, like they were new... kind of trying to say she will anyway. Yeah, you need a new doctor. Yeah. You have a deadly heart condition. Yeah. You're not going to die from it, though. Yeah. You're no. Fine. no, it was just really rare and weird that your brother died. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know, every discussion in this movie seems very like, so we're just talking about our feelings and not getting any receptiveness from the other person. <laughs> I know. You're just, they're like talking at each other. Yeah. And like, these are conversations I would not have with some random person. That you just met. They yeah. just open up about everything. Right. And they're like smoking cigarettes and just like looking wistfully out a window and just like very, like, it almost seems like a very fancy perfume commercial. <laughs> like, Maybe that's why it's so artsy. Yeah. Well, everything in Paris, you know what right. I'm saying? 
Also, Kristen Stewart has no regard for doors and stuff like that. She just opens doors everywhere and smokes out of them and then never closes them. That bothers me. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> as an American. But... Yeah. Well, actually, in Paris culture, they leave doors open as a sign of respect to nature. So. Oh. I made that up. That's not you true. Did. Oh, okay. No, I believe that because actually, unrelated to any of this, in Denmark, people actually let their babies sleep outside in bassinets and stuff like that because they believe that the fresh air is good for them and they don't have any concern about people stealing them. I'd be concerned about hawks. I see hawks. Do they not have hawks in Denmark? Could you imagine you're just sitting and all of a sudden a hawk swoops down and takes your baby? <laughs> no. Denmarkians are not afraid of hawks stealing their child. Thank you for calling them Denmarkians because I, I also call them Denmarkians. Is that right? Charlie always yells at me and says that they're Danish and I'm like, Denmarkians no, is the way they should go. This is the Denmarkians, the Denmarkites are not afraid of their babies being stolen no. by hawks or bears. Do they not have bears? No, I guess not. They're just like, yep, the baby outside. That's fine. That's wrong. They need to be jailed. Go on. Anyway, so I believed whatever you said about France was true, so that's why. So Ingo, or whatever his name is, Inga? Ingo? Ingo. Ingo combats Maureen's confession about her heart condition to, like, oh, I'll just be staying here. And she's like, did she ask you to leave? And he's like, yeah, but I think she wants to break up with me. And we're like, okay. Not on my watch. (laughs) Right. She's not breaking up with me. And he admits that he thinks Kira's going to break up with him because... She's afraid of her husband finding out about their relationship. Yeah, so she's married to somebody different. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So they just leave it that. (laughs) That night, she returns to Lewis's, but certain things aren't good enough as signs from Lewis, such as the water turning on by itself, and there's constantly, like, strange rumblings, like, almost like growling noises Mm -hmm. and stuff in the house. And she actually tells Lewis that she needs more. Like, he needs to do better. Give me, give me more. Give me more. That's that's Maureen walking around the house. (laughs) However, she does find her drawings have been, like, violently scratched out and is terrorized by a spiritual female presence in the home that vomits ectoplasm and then just leaves. Yeah. She's like, bye. I thought it looked, it looked like sand to me. Kind of, yeah. But she literally used the word ectoplasm. I'm like, oh, we talked about this in the first episode. Yeah. Ectoplasm. I was like, gotta mention the ectoplasm. Yes. It's very important because, you know, you gotta squeeze any bit of ghost content we can. Right. Because this movie. is like, you could probably squeeze all of the ghost content within five minutes. About. Yeah, so this is like, you legit see like a ghost figure, and it looks like it's kind of flashy, like superimposed see-through. And I was able to tell it was a a woman, but it like kind of shifts into like a misty type look, white see-through. Yeah, maybe my eyes aren't that good, but I could barely tell it was a person. Like, Yeah, you need new glasses. Yeah, probably. (laughs) I was like, that's a lady. That's not Lewis. (laughs) So soon after, Maureen starts receiving texts from an unknown number, and at first she believes it to be Lewis. However, she doesn't get confirmation, so she keeps texting this person anyway. And the center encourages her to indulge in forbidden desires, which lead Maureen to try on Kira's dresses and clothes and shoes. When she tries on her undergarments, I feel like that's going too far. Yes. Well, so... And and she also touches herself in her bed. Yeah, I just... If they're clean, then okay. But, like, if you're putting on her clothes, like, her undergarments, and just putting them back and not washing them... Icky. Like, I mean, you shouldn't try on anyone's underwear, but there's different levels of icky with yeah. this. 
They were just, like, kind of out, like, laying on the floor and stuff, though. I felt like Kira had already worn them, didn't have time to wash them, and left them. Oh, let me try this on. No. Out. Yeah. So she, yeah. She has a good old time trying on someone else's undies. Yeah. And also, like, we've already said that Maureen hates this job and everything, and I'm always, like... Since they make it so much about her work, you know, like, the movie's called Personal Shopper, I'm like, so what are her credentials? Like, did she have, like, a fashion background or anything like that? She seems to know what pieces to pick and stuff like that for Kira, like, on her behalf. Mm -hmm. But I was like, is it because she's, like, Kira's exact size? Because, like, they even say, like, she's the same shoe size and stuff like that. I think if I had to gather, I mean, she's only been in Paris, what, a couple months, they say? Mm Mm-hmm. Because at first I'm like, well, maybe she's just been working with her for long enough that she knows, but not really. No. And the reason also the whole clothing thing is forbidden is because people that are giving her these pieces that she's, Kira's not supposed to keep, but keeps anyway. Right. (laughs) Because she's just supposed to wear them, I guess, once for like an event and bring them back. Yeah. They want Maureen to try them on because she's never physically there. You know, Mm -hmm. Kira's never there to get them. And I guess they told Kira that she tried them on and she got upset that she was trying on her clothes. So that's why it's forbidden. (laughs) Would would you be upset if someone's trying on clothes? Especially clothes that you don't actually own? No, because somebody else is wearing them anyway, you know? Right. Especially like something that ritzy, you know, like how many people have worn that? (laughs) Kira. (laughs) Just Kira. There was one item that they mentioned specifically, like it was just off production or whatever, but I think that was jewelry and it wasn't like a dress or anything. But yeah, like she doesn't own any of these items. So I guess, I don't know. I think it's different. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows? This is very confusing. I also think it's just different to, it's different from trying on a dress from somebody else because technically that's already happening, you know, in stores and stuff before you get it. But when someone tries on your undergarments, and the dresses and stuff that you wear, like all of your accessories, and then lays in your bed and touches themselves. That's that's going too far. <laughs> uh, yeah, just a tad. So so basically, in summation, Stephanie is afraid of being hit by a car <laughs> and trying on other people's underwear. That's the horror of this movie, right? Yes. Just trying on the clothes. <laughs> that's the scary part we got going on so far. Horrifying. These are, these are the parts that scare me the most. <laughs> Haunted underwear. Yes. You really cut to the meat of it. So she falls asleep in Kira's bed and is awoken by the same female specter. So she then goes to Lara to tell her that the spirit has left Lewis's house and won't be returning. And I was like, you got that from them just waking you up in this other person's bed? Yeah. I'm very confused about this house because there's that ghost at the beginning and then this. And just because it left... Doesn't mean he ain't coming back. It's not like you exercise. If exercised. anything, it found you. Like right. <laughs> you didn't exercise this house. There could a there could be more. I have no idea. What, I don't know the background of this house. You know nothing. Right. Her credentials across the board, medium or personal shopper wise, are, are questionable. <laughs> she like lights up a cigarette. She's like, the house is clean. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't think so. But okay. Yeah. Go off, Maureen. Uh, okay. <laughs> So messages with the unknown number continue, and they leave her a room key to a hotel. She puts on another of Kira's dresses and goes there, but the room is empty, so she inquired at the front desk who paid for the room, disappointed to find it had been paid in cash under her name. So Maureen goes to Kira's apartment to drop off jewelry and finds her nude and murdered on the bathroom floor. She fucking did. Yeah. Blood. Graphic. (laughs) Yeah. Very dead. A lot of blood. 
So she bikes over to the police to report it and is interrogated on their relationship, but eventually released. The unknown number becomes hostile and immediately starts asking her if she told the police about their messages, like, as soon as she leaves the police office. So I'm like, so this person's watching you. Yeah. And, you know... (laughs) But she ignores it. Yeah. Maureen is so... Laissez-faire about that. Yeah, but she, like, she very clearly acts guilty. She's like, I I just, I don't know what I was doing. I was just there. Like, she had no good... (laughs) Like, her story, although true, the way she delivered it sounded like she was making it up. I'm like, girl, just yeah. say what you were doing. Right, right. <laughs> she was like, uh, 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 I was there, and, I mean, she might have just been nervous, but, yeah. like, it seemed like she was lying, did it not? Yes, it did. Uh, like, I, I think it was also sort of trying to represent, like, the language barrier, too. Like, this is, like, a French police officer versus, like, an American woman, so... I don't know. I, I don't guess know. I just think... she had to like define what a personal shopper was for him. Yeah. He I mean, I guess I don't know if I ever would have known what a personal yeah. shopper. I mean, I guess it seems obvious, but I don't think I would have known for sure. Yeah. yeah. What all that entailed. She's like, I swear, I was just dropping off jewelry. Uh, <laughs> yeah, okay. Maureen. So she goes home to phone Gary to tell him that she wants to come visit him. And then unexpectedly finds Kira's jewelry in her apartment, despite telling the police that she had left it at Kira's apartment. Mm. Yeah, I think Maureen blacked out, murdered Kira because she hates her, and stole her jewelry. That's what really happened. It kind of seemed that way. I don't know if I actually believe that. (laughs) Well, honestly, with how the messages were going about how the unknown message person was trying to get her to, like, admit that she didn't want to be herself. She wanted to be somebody else. And Mm -hmm. that's why trying on the clothes was forbidden and all that stuff. Right. So I felt like maybe she did kind of black out and murder her to become her in a way. I don't know. There's so many questions. But, I mean, based on the plot, it is revealed what actually quote-unquote happened so yeah we'll see so the unknown messenger demands to meet her back at the hotel room she goes bringing the jewelry and it cuts away as we watch her recognize who enters the room which we don't know yeah it just shows her officially yeah officially yeah so we see the doors to the hotel open and close for some sort of invisible entity person yeah and then see kira's lover ingo come out and get arrested by police oh wait, wait wait no 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 we can't brush over. The, the fact that he just shot someone in the street? No, 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 no. <laughs> that, but the invisible, you're just like, it opens. No, we follow what looks like, well, nothing. We follow as if someone's leaving the hotel room. The elevator doors open for it and close. Yeah. And then the camera's tracking as if someone's there, but it's not. So what the fuck was that? I don't know. And I almost wondered if he had killed her and she was the spirit for a second. But then we see her in the next scene and we're like, Okay. Because that's what I thought. I'm like, oh, he died, dead, yeah. died, dead. She got, she died. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, maybe what it is was that? supposed to be Kira. I don't know, but then it follows Ingo as he leaves, like he right after. Him. Yeah. And, and then Kira's alive still. She's alive. Kira. Kira. Oh no, no, was murdered. Maureen. Maureen's murdered. These... Not murdered. No. <laughs> Maureen's alive still. So what the hell was that invisible thing we followed? I wonder if it was Lewis. Maybe. Question? Mark. Mark? <laughs> Who's Mark? No, because you said question, and I was... Question, question Mark. Mark. Oh, yeah, yeah. I thought someone named no. Mark. <laughs> no, Did I miss no that, too? So that was very confusing. I don't know. I don't know who that was. I don't know what that was. I don't either, and they... This they're is where, just like, what else? <laughs> I, was, I was on board with this movie, and this is where it started losing me a little bit. I was like, what, the, what was this? 
So we see this invisible thing open and close all these doors and stuff, and we're tracking it as if someone's there and no one's there. Mm -hmm. And then we basically watch Ingo come out and do, like, the same motions, except he's actually there, obviously. Yeah, so Ingo was the one in the room. Yes, it must have been. And he gets stopped by somebody on the street, like, immediately overreacts and shoots them, and then gets arrested. Okay. And he apparently confesses to Kira's murder off camera. Maureen stays with Lara for a night before going to meet Gary and Omen. Omen? Whatever. Oman. Oman. She meets Lara's new boyfriend, Edwin, who knew Lewis but insists he was never with Lara when Lewis was alive. And Maureen's like, yeah, I don't care. Like, yeah, okay. Like, that wasn't a concern of mine. Yeah. And so then that was it. So Edwin leaves and like, again, it's like another one of those conversations where two separate people seem to be talking, but not really interacting or listening to what the the other person is saying. So Edwin leaves and we see Maureen kind of like smoking in the backyard or whatever, this little garden area that she's in. And we see the face of somebody in the window. Or, like, maybe, like, their torso and face, and they're mm-hmm. kind of holding a glass. Yeesh. And I'm like, is this Lewis? Is that him? Yeah, it had to be. Yeah. <laughs> that part actually did kind of creep me out a little bit, just seeing a person in the background. Like, oh! Yeah. But he disappears, and but then we see the glass floating forward, mm-hmm. or whatever, or to the side, and then it just drops and shatters in the doorway of the door. Mm-hmm. So, Lewis breaking shit now. Right. He's like, how is this a first sign, Maureen? Is this good? And yeah. Maureen's like, oh, maybe Edwin or whatever the hell. Left it was. too close to the edge of the counter. Yeah. Oh, my God, girl. No, that was your brother. That was another sign. Please. Right. You're ignoring the, the signs. Right. So we totally see Lewis. That was Lewis. 100. Yeah. But whatever. So Maureen goes to meet Gary, like flies to meet him. And we don't even like see him. He no. doesn't reunite with her yet. But I guess she goes into whatever hospital or whatever she's staying in and opens a door and sees a glass floating and just drops again Mm -hmm. and who is it that she talked to that mentioned the the thumping i don't remember though yes for yeah yeah. it was laura i think okay yeah earlier in the film too i forgot to mention laura mentions that there was this man hugo something Mm -hmm. that communicated with the dead by like answering yes or no questions by like thumping on a table, table yeah and then he could like interpret what they were saying to mm-hmm. him by how many knocks they were doing with the alphabet mm-hmm. so we see maureen for the second time kind of like go into like a rabbit hole of like researching this random stuff mm-hmm. and then just does nothing with it also right. Because she did the same thing with the paintings that I mentioned earlier on, too. Yeah, I thought it was going to be a thing. It wasn't. But whatever. So when she sees this glass floating, she asks if it's Lewis. And she hears kind of like a a bumping thump sound or whatever. For yes, yeah. Yeah, Like one thump for yes, two for no. Right. So she hears one thump and she's like... I don't know, not happy or satisfied with that answer. She's like, it's not Lewis. It's not you. She keeps asking a million one questions. Like, and she's like, is it not Lewis? And then it also says yes. She's like, is it not, not, not Lewis? <laughs> Are you not Lewis, but Lewis, but not, not Lewis? Lewis yes. Yes. Lewis, no. Yeah. No. Like, she literally. <laughs> and then she's, then she's like, you're not Lewis. I'm like, oh my God, what do you want? Maureen, just accept it's Lewis. Like, You'll never know if it's Lewis or not at this right. point. Like, but apparently the spirit only wants to answer yes. So she doesn't get, like, a confirmation that it's not him. 
Mm-hmm. But when she does says like, but are you Lewis? Like the second time, <laughs> it doesn't say no. And then she's like, is it just me? And then it thumps again. So we're like, what the fuck did that mean? Is it just you? Are you dead? Mm-mm. Did you? Di- I don't know Maybe. what it means. Okay, this is it. Maureen died. <laughs> Maureen died in that hotel room. Maybe. She, that was who we were actually following was her. Her spirit, right? Maybe. So that's why we never see Gary, because she fucking did. Right. So she never and, reunites and with Gary. Laura, Laura and Edwin both admit that they had kind of like sensitivity to afterlife as well, because Laura is supposed to be a medium as well. Because mm-hmm. she says at one point she would need someone to help her with the house. Right. And so it implies that Laura could. So Maureen manifested in the house mm-hmm. before she left. So when she said, is it just me? Meaning, I'm dead. I'm dead. I don't know. I was. Maybe. I, I was know. very. Con- I'm just grasping at straws. Like I said, I was going to look up like interpretations of this movie. I was like, nah. I'm going to try to figure this out. That's what I'm going with. Final answer. Buzz in. <laughs> Thump, yes. <laughs> Thump, yes. Are you uh, not, not, not sure that's what happened? <laughs> no. Are you, are you not, not sure? Are you not, 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 not sure? <laughs> yes. So you're not, not sure. Yes, yes, not, not, Got not it. sure. Okay. I'm, as long as we're clear. I think the symbolism is that. Like, she'll never get over the passing of her brother. Like, no matter what... No matter what sign is is before her kind of thing like that. <laughs> like, he's always going to be there. She sure acts like it. He like I'm sure he could, like, appear in front of her and be like, And be like, Maureen, it's me. Like, I've been telling you. Like <laughs> You're a demon. Disguised. <laughs> you're not him. <laughs> you're not him. I was like, Maureen, I don't know. I, I can't convince you. I can't. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's either that or that she she did. Were the text messages Ingo? Did we ever get a clear answer on that? Well, I assume that it was, yeah, I assume it was Ingo because he's the one that we saw at the hotel leaving. And I think he comes out of the same room number that she was given. It was like 329. Yeah. So he came out of that room. There was a lot of, like the middle part of this movie was a lot of texting. Yeah. And her like leaving and going and coming and going. Right. I just, I don't know. It was, it, I like I said, I was I was really into it until, like, the ending. Once we got to the part with the hotel room, I was like, what the heck is going on here? Yeah. That's where it lost me. Right. Yeah, no, I'm very confused at why all of this was happening. <laughs> Stephanie, are we just stupid? Are we just at a lower caliber of, like, <sighs> film analysis? We're like, bring back Casper. <laughs> bring back Casper. 13 ghosts. <laughs> bring back something that makes sense to us. <laughs> no, again, I like it. I don't know if I mentioned this, but I like slow burn movies. I feel like this is pretty slow, especially in the middle with the texting. But I thought it was intriguing. Yeah. Like, who is this? I guess I expected more ghosty stuff and less texty stuff. Right. And I think at first we were supposed to believe it was Lewis texting. Like, maybe. Or at least somebody did texting her. Yeah. Yeah. Because I thought it was maybe the entity that she saw at the house. Yeah, that unexplainable entity. That was not explained, right? Yeah, no. No. Nothing was explained. Speaking of entity, did you want to go into the ghost characteristics? Yeah, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll, you're like, no. We already talked about everything there was to talk about. So I noticed that the house seemed to have like a poltergeist presence because of the rumbling and the creaking and water turning on its own. When Ghost appeared to Maureen, it was like in a foggy sort of form with like unclear features. Mm-hmm. I was like, maybe a woman, sort of hard to tell. (laughs) I was like, 100%. Ghost vomit ectoplasm that can linger on its own. Because, like, she faded away and then the vomit kind of lingered and went up the stairs by itself. (laughs) 
Yeah. On its own yeah, journey. Yeah, it didn't it? She puked and the vomit went on its merry old way. Could you imagine? If you puked and it just... It became its own life form, yeah. <laughs> Deuces. Sentient vomit. That's what we're working with here, people. And I even put it in my ghost characteristics. Is a dead person texting her? Like That's what I thought at first, but I'm like... Once the the texting became like violent, and yeah, I, I was like, "That's definitely that's, not Lewis. that's definitely a dude." <laughs> what if what if it was that ghost entity at the beginning? It was her. Maybe it wasn't, but <laughs> I don't think so. I'm look, look. I feel like you could say anything, and people and people are like, "Yeah, maybe." Yeah, maybe. I feel, it's open interpretation. Like mm-hmm. it very clearly is. Yeah, there's no right answer, right? I mean, I'm sure the director had a right answer. Yeah. Or an assumption. I know. You know what? At the end, he was like, you know what? Whatever. They'll figure it out. I did not figure it out. I did not. Let's just cut with her not sure if Lewis is talking to her. And then we'll just be like, ah, so we didn't answer that. Right. I saw that ghost-like wisp can appear to her outside of her brother's home because, you know, they showed up in Kira's apartment. Somewhere else, I thought there was, like, something... Yeah, kind of like I have lingering a, behind her. I'm looking at my notes and I said, like 13 ghosts, there are spirits around us all the time. I don't remember them mentioning that, but maybe I was just extrapolating. Maybe. But yeah, we deal with mediums, much like yeah. 13 ghosts. Well, actually, mediums is just a theme, I feel like, we, about just <laughs> the people who could see ghosts. Right. That seems like the theme for this movie, really. Yeah. They probably could have used a little few more ghosts to yeah. make that point across because it seemed like it was more of her weird side project. <laughs> right. That was why she was in Paris. I don't know. I just, I feel like it wasn't really a ghost movie. Mm-hmm. Again, I feel like it was, I don't know. I don't know what it was going for, I guess. Yeah. Honestly, if I would have seen it before going into <laughs> including this into our season, I probably would have slid it into like honorable mentions. Uh, yeah. Just because of the lack of it. Yeah. This movie because was... Because this makes it Crimson Peak seem like there's a lot of ghosts. <laughs> yeah. When there's not. <laughs> this movie was recommended for us to do by... Um, our friend. Our friend who's helping us with social media, funny enough. Kit. So, we had no idea going into it, I guess. Yeah. But, I mean, it's worth... I mean, here's the thing. It's like, it starts off like it seems like it would be a lot of ghost thing. Based on the premise, yeah. Right, but I think I think it's like a red herring type situation. Like, you're supposed to, you're led to believe it's the ghost texting. Yeah. Unless I totally missed the point. But I think it's one of, it's it's like that. I feel like we should have like a cutaway to somebody being like, so Alex and Stephanie are dumb and here's the obvious answer for the movie. Like, this is the cutaway, guys. We're just dumb. We're here. Maybe we like, completely missed the point. <laughs> and that's totally probably what happened. Possible. <laughs> But, yeah, there just wasn't that much ghost. I mean, it was, like I said, it is definitely not a 12 on the yeah. scariness scale. I think the trailer made it seem much more scary than it was. It was, it was not. It was, I mean, there were some, some suspenseful moments. Yeah. But I definitely felt like it was more associated to what's going on in the real world. Like, like she describes the ghost that throws up by her as malevolent. And I'm like, she's just kind of, like, circling a lamp. and She was a little like, thick. Yeah, she's she's a sickums. She's a sickums. And I feel like if it was like a malevolent spirit, like wouldn't it have lingered at the house or attached to her in a way or something like that rather than being like, no, she just wanted to throw up in front of me and wake me up the one time and then she was done. Right. She's like, deuces. Maybe she needed help. And you just described her as mean. Yeah. Interesting enough, now that I think about it, it's kind of similar to like last episode with 
Lovely Bones, where it's like the ghost aspect is almost in the back seat to yeah, what's, what's happening. really happening and the crimes and stuff being committed right. out the outside in the real world. Yeah, like Lovely Bones, we were dealing with her murderer. This, we're dealing with another murderer. I mean, we're not in the perspective of the ghost, but it almost takes a backseat to the, the, like you said, the crimes that are happening. Right. So that's interesting. I did find it interesting, too, like that anybody that actually talked to her really was always like suggesting like other spiritual people that like with the artist and stuff like that and the man that did the seances with the thumps and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, almost as if to say, like, almost everyone that you can ever think of is, like, spiritually bound and is doing all of their creative work based on that. Well, I feel like because they were kind of in that circle, like, that's a big component of what their group is about. So they have that knowledge. I thought, so back to the painting, I thought that would have been really interesting to delve more into. Right. Like, this guy was getting commissioned from ghosts to make these paintings. <laughs> I thought it would have been cool if she somehow found a way to communicate with ghosts through the paintings. Because that was such a weird side tangent that ultimately led to nothing. Right. At least with the knocking and stuff, it kind of tied into the ending. But, yeah, it just seemed like a weird day in the life of a person that just decided to research something randomly. Unless, unless... The whole concept was that none of this stuff actually was supernatural. Like, that never happened. Like, the ghost didn't actually commission this guy. The knocking was all in her head. Maybe. And, you know, like, that could have been. I guess, because she could never get it to respond no. It only answered yes or nothing. Mm -hmm. So. I don't know. It was just very, it was was open interpretation. And it was just hard for me to (laughs) interpret anything in the end. Yeah. well i also got the sense that like since other people kept telling her about different people that had like these spiritual tie-ins that she was either kind of like new to it or not as sensitive as those around her to Mm -hmm. to ghost like she felt like she had to do more research to understand it right so maybe it's just a matter of her not being very good at this (laughs) she just had delusions of grandeur i don't know yeah I don't know. I don't, I don't get it. I just wanted a little more answers at the end. Like, I thought it was fairly straightforward until the second hotel scene. Yeah. Not very ghosty. Right. It really wasn't. Yeah. Like, the way it was coming across, especially, like, since it focused so much on the texting and wearing her clothes and stuff, like, that was, like, a huge, drawn-out scene mm-hmm. that I thought it was going to be more about her trying to become this woman because she was unhappy in her own life mm-hmm. at that point. And the fact that her brother was on the other side trying to communicate with her was like a side quest. It's a side quest. <laughs> this is not a video game, I Stephanie. Don't, I don't know. <laughs> a side story. <laughs> yes. I mean, I don't know. If the whole point was to get her to Paris, I feel like there are other ways to do that. It just it seems like the ghost aspect was a, an afterthought. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah, I mean, you could have cut it, really, and just been, like, a weird Devil's Wears Prada. A Devil... <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess. De- oh. Devil Wears Prada, yeah. It was the devil. That's who that ghost was. You figured it out, Steph. Yes, That's yes. who she was talking to at the end, the devil. It must have been. <laughs> the devil wears other people's clothing mm-hmm. and then touches herself in the bed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the movie. The devil also doesn't like to confirm things, so, like, are you not, not, not the devil? Could you be the devil? Are you not, 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 yes, not, yo, no, the <laughs> devil. 
So after all this very confusing rambling, I'm sure, I think my final takeaway and my actual conclusion is she was killed in the hotel room with the knife with Professor Plum. No, um, <laughs> um, I think Ingo killed her and he was arrested at the end and she's been dead ever since. That, that's what I want to go with. It's probably way not correct in any way, shape, or form. But that whole following an invisible somebody got me all confused because we don't see her leave. Yeah, that is true. We see that happen and then Ingo and then she never meets up with her boyfriend thing. So she did. Yeah, that is that is true. Going with that. That is that is a fair one, too, because like her boyfriend for sure isn't in that life. So she only sees Lara and her boyfriend Mm -hmm. and they both kind of have that sensitivity or at least know of it. I mean, she somehow travels to a whole other country, but let's not focus on that. Shh, she disappeared. She also doesn't talk to the driver. Did you notice that too? Like she, they said that they spent five hours in the car together and she just kind of like when she, (gasps) when he drops her off, like they don't say anything. Nope. That's it. She's dead. (laughs) Final answer. Yeah. This is for the million. That's interesting. My conclusion is that. So you do have one. You were unsure. Yeah. Well, what I thought happened was maybe the invisible person walking out of the hotel was Kira and she was. Getting, like, resolution for her own death and stuff like that. Making sure she saw Ingo captured. What Susie Salmon should have done yes. in The Lovely Bones. Yes. Take a page from Kira's book. Right. <laughs> assuming. Assuming she would have even cared, yeah. honestly. Kira's in her own in-between right now. <laughs> yeah. So I assumed it was that. And then she just kind of moved on. And So then we don't see another invisible person because it's the only time we see him. Mm-hmm. Uh, or her. Or whichever. And then she goes on to go and meet her boyfriend. But again, she doesn't see him, so I can see it going both ways. But when she asks if it's just me, it feels like confirmation that, like, yes, it's her, but it's also Lewis too. Like, like he'll always be there kind of thing mm-hmm. like that. Like, she'll always feel his presence and never be given an official sign to move on because grief isn't like that. Perhaps. Like, you always will grieve the loss of somebody like that. Like, yeah. She did. <laughs> that's, I don't know. I don't know. That's bad. Alex has determined. You could tell me anything and be like, yeah, it's a possibility. Yeah, <laughs> no. It, it has so many possibilities, which is why I'm sure some people really like it. You like the more but concrete answers. I like to know for certain. That's fair. <laughs> Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the show and listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, giving us a five-star rating is super helpful, and we will always appreciate that. You can find us on social media using 13 Degrees of Screams. This has been 13 Degrees of Screams, and we will see you next creep. Street? Like, you got from, it. like from Devil's Wears Prada. Meryl Street. Yeah, Meryl Street. Okay, yeah. gotcha, gotcha, gotcha.